Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friend is Dan Bowie. We recorded this a month ago in Boston while I was on tour with Jake Blunt. This episode is brought to you by listeners like you, because Get Up in the Cool is listener-supported. You might hear the occasional sponsor, and Elderly promotes Get Up in the Cool on their social media and give me a good deal on some new mics, but they don't give the show any money. So really, you're listening to this show right now because of a small percentage of very generous Get Up in the Cool listeners, like Molly Hickman and Sally Hunt, who just signed up. Thank you so much, Molly and Sally. Your support means a lot. If you listen to Get Up in the Cool every week, I could really use your help because this show takes a lot of money and time to make, and you'll get some exclusive bonus content for your generosity. I make the occasional full video episode and a weekly secret bonus track podcast where my guests and I play an additional tune not featured in the interview. And at higher levels of support, you could join me for a monthly online banjo workshop and download the whole Get Up in the Cool tune archive featuring every tune and song played on the show ever separated from the dialogue and organized into albums. So if you want to help get up in the cool and get some exclusive bonus content, follow the link in this episode's show notes that says support get up in the cool on Patreon or just Google get up in the cool Patreon and choose a support level that works for you. I want to thank Elderly Instruments in Lansing, Michigan for sharing Get Up in the Cool online with their customers and increasing the reach of the show. Next time you need an instrument upgrade or new music gear, visit their online store at elderly.com. Stick around afterwards and I'll tell you how you can keep up with this week's amazing guest. But first, here's my interview and jam with Dan Bowie. Enjoy. Thank you. 
and Bowie. Welcome to Get Up in the Cool. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, Cameron. Uh, we're in Josie Tony's bedroom, so thank you also to Josie for <laughs> giving up her room for for the afternoon. Um, what did we just play? Um, yeah, that was a tune um, called Old Ebenezer Scrooge. Um, and it's a tune written by... Um, Father of Bluegrass, uh, Bill Monroe. Uh, it's a great man. Hey, Bill, if you're listening, <laughs> Thanks, shout Bill. out to Bill Monroe. Shout out to Bill. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it's it's a great tune. Um, kind of a not super played uh, bluegrass tune, but one that I really like. Mm. It's it's on this album that he released super late in his life called Master of Bluegrass. Really, really cool. I mean, if anyone's going to do that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's, a, I, you know, I love that album because it's, it's all mandolin tunes. It's it's all instrumental, and it's all tunes that are, like, very, very, very led by the mandolin. And, like, actually, the, the recording of that tune, it's just the mandolin the whole time, you know, mm. with the band backing him up. But it's just, it's, it's just he plays it through, and he just gets this great kind of rhythm thing going on and um yeah it's just a really kick-ass mandolin tune mm. um kind of like has like to me even though you know he's father of bluegrass and the album's called master of bluegrass has like a very <laughs> old-time feel to it you know like the way that he's playing it um yeah does know. he does he embellish very much does he like play over it or is he really no just no he's, he's just he's just playing the tune i mean i guess there's there's definitely variations but yeah it's like it's just he's just playing the tune yeah a bunch of times so yeah it's cool so sort of a tune that's a little bit more at the intersection of bluegrass and, and old time and that he's like the, the thing that this tune has to offer is is the thing itself, not just the structure that you can play with. Yes, yeah. I, I definitely would say that. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, it was still very hard. <laughs> no, very you sounded hard great, play. man. No. <laughs> that was cool. It sounded awesome on the claw hammer banjo. Yeah. yeah. I've only done one other. I think one other Bill Monroe tune. It was the jerusalem ridge oh yeah i had to do it on the show that's his tune as well right yes although i think there's some debate about whether or not kenny baker Ooh. actually <laughs> was like the the one see that's the thing that's funny about those bill monroe tunes is like the ones that are like played by the fiddle that are like led by fiddle there's a lot of debate on whether or not the fiddler actually kind of like how much of it was the fiddle player and how much it was it's like a john was... paul situation yeah yeah, yeah are, totally they, they both have their names yeah on the but credits. but you know with the ones where bill monroe just plays mandolin i think that that's there's no debate it's it's a yeah it's a true and true mandolin tune which right on. what i dig when did you start playing mandolin um man when did i play start playing the mandolin? i guess i started playing the mandolin when i was a um sophomore in high school what were you playing before that before that, I played. I was playing like classical violin, and I took piano lessons as a are kid you, growing up. Are you the oldest? Yes. And Kim is the youngest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, have, I have two brothers. You, yeah. you, the viewers of Get Up in the Cool will know Bach Bowie. We've been circling around <laughs> you for a while. Yeah, yeah. Because we had Rachel on. Yes, she was right. like episode three. Bach was like in the first ten episodes. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I'm the oldest of the three. Yeah. Uh, and I'm assuming brothers. you're the first to start playing music. We, we started, Bach and I started at the same time. Oh, right on. Yeah, yeah, we always, we kind of did things together. And Kim was like a little bit younger, so he, you know, so like, I guess, when did we, I guess when we were like seven or something, Bach and I started piano lessons. At, I guess I was seven and he was like six. We started piano lessons at the same time. Yeah. And then we started taking violin lessons at the same time as well. So we always yeah. kind of did it together. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, and then... 
except when I started playing mandolin. Mandolin was just my own thing. I kind of got, I saw um, some mandolin on the TV. I saw Sam Bush playing oh, very good. on PBS, and I just thought it was awesome, and I really wanted to get a mandolin. I knew it was the same thing. It was tuned exactly right. the same as a violin. So I went to a guitar store, yeah. Was that the first, um, like, trad music that you would... Yeah, I think you would probably, to? yeah. And it was, like, pretty far from trad. I mean, it was, like, it was it was Sam Bush playing with Bela Fleck. Yeah. And it was Bela Fleck's album. That he, I mean, it was kind of like this mix of... It was his... Um, he was on tour promoting his Tales from the Acoustic Planet Volume 2 album, which is a cool album because it's, like, it's, like him playing just these really cool modern tunes but also he had like earl scruggs and like vassar clemens yeah and they were like on the on the show too it was like a an episode of austin city limits and they were like playing so it was kind of like this thing it was like very much i think kind of bela trying to take it all away from like the super traditional roots of bluegrass sure up to like the stuff that he was doing which was like super modern yeah you know um it was a killer band you know um yeah, like those how, guys, Sam Bush. How old, so you were a sophomore in yeah. high school. Yeah, I was in high school. And that's when, is that when you saw That's it? when I saw that. And like, you know, at the time I was like really getting into music. I was like kind of, you know, like music was like, I was getting really in, as like a fan of music, you know, it was like kind of really hitting me. And um, kind of like, I wouldn't say trad music, but like kind of the edges of bluegrass music, you know. So like after that, I, I like discovered David Grisman and yeah. like Jerry Garcia, like that album where Grisman plays with Garcia and it's like this kind of cool. They play a ton of traditional stuff, but a ton of like Grisman stuff. I've heard that album, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, aren't you like also at that time, or maybe this was just Bach, like aren't you into like jam bands and stuff? Yes. Like, oh, yeah. I, bl- yes. I, th- I think String Cheese Incident got brought up on his yeah. episode. <laughs> yes. All around that time, yeah. Like yeah. String Cheese Incident, yeah. who kind of played. Um, kind of their own form of like jam bluegrass, you know, sure, and, and like, yeah. I mean, actually the, the, the string cheese album that we had was like, you know, I heard a lot of like bluegrass songs for the first time, you know, like their version of like, hold what you got mm. and lonesome fiddle blues. Yeah. I like that. Um, and, and then, and then other bands too. Like, I mean, that's kind of around that, I guess a little bit later I, I, I listened to, um, uh, I'm blanking on their name right now. Jeez. Um, Yonder. Yonder Mountain String Band. Oh, yeah, yeah. At the same time, I went and saw a show, and that was, like, the first, like, kind of bluegrass band, I guess, that I saw on stage. And um, But, yeah, as far as, like, kind of getting into, like, traditional stuff, that came, like, much later. That came after having played mandolin for, like, a long time, for, like, years. Um, After that, I kind of started to seek out the kind of more... Um, rootsy traditional stuff and and that's like kind of when I discovered old time I mean you know like Bach and I you know we were playing kind of bluegrass type stuff together yeah and then he got really actually Bach was the one who got really into old time fiddling um and uh so then started playing that stuff with him and uh and we went to Clifftop together yeah when when was the first time um y'all had a a old time jam together with Bach? Yeah. Um, if he was the one who, like, introduced yeah, you to it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that came, like, years, years, years later, after, like, I had moved to Boston. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was, you know, you know, just, like, I guess, I don't know, 2010, 11, yeah, 12, something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Around then when was when we started, like, 
learning tunes together and found some folks in Boston who played. Um, yeah, that's kind of when we started diving into that stuff. And then Bach's been just super heavy into it. It's been real fun yeah. playing with him. And <laughs> He's like, a great source for Yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, he goes to tons of festivals. I mean, he, he like lives for it, you know? So, um, you know, every time I, I see him, it's just like he's got all these cool tunes. And, yeah, it's like, it's great. It's built-in teacher kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, let's uh, let's play another tune. Sure. And I think I need to get into another tuning. Yeah. To do that. Do you want to go to... Maybe go to D and, like, play some of yeah, those let's tunes? let's play those D tunes so yeah. I can calm down a little bit from... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. So... Typically at old time festivals, like I feel like I've seen you most at like Harry Smith, like yeah. and 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 Clifftop. Um, but when I when I see you at an old time festival, you're usually playing the bass. I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so I don't think I've actually jammed with you. I don't know if I've jammed with you at Maybe all not. when you're playing mandolin. Maybe not. I feel like no. you're usually on the bass. Yeah. Um, so this is great <laughs> to actually hear Super you play fun. some melodies. <laughs> um, yeah. When you play old time melodies like mm -hmm. has that did you have to change any of the way that you play like when you're playing mandolin when you're copying like a fiddle melody yeah. right yeah yeah totally um well a secret goal of mine on this show is to is to convert bluegrass players into old time <laughs> and i know i've already gotten a couple yeah, so yeah. like <laughs> any i love it yeah i love it well i mean yeah i it is, I guess it is a, a bit of a different approach, and it, I think it's, like, kind of different if you're playing the tunes by yourself or if you're playing with someone else and, and like, who you're playing with. So, a lot of times when I play the mandolin, like, if I'm playing with a fiddle player, I kind of fall into, like, kind of a more of an, a, of an accompaniment role. And, and I, I don't think all mandolin players do this. I think there are some mandolin players, like, great mandolin players who just, you know, they, they just rage the melody with the fiddle, you yeah. know, and they're just like another fiddle. Um, like Caleb Clotter comes yeah, to mind, sure. you know, the way he plays mandolin old times. It's awesome. Um, and uh, I, I love that, but I also really like uh, kind of like falling into kind of a bit of a chordy and kind of accompaniment role where like it's kind of you take the melody, but it's like maybe abstracted a little bit from like the pure... Sure. Fiddle, you know. I mean, I, I guess it's similar for a banjo, yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah. And um, and, and I like doing that on the, on the mandolin. I mean, I guess the reason maybe because like playing with Bach so much is like a lot of times like if the two of us are just playing, yeah. or if I'm just playing with just another fiddle player, I kind of like then fall into that, that space accompaniment, anyway. yeah, yeah, thing, which I which I like doing. Um, and then yeah, I mean. As far as like larger jams, yeah, I love playing the bass. I love playing old time bass. It's yeah. like it's kind of how I learned to play the bass. Was I like got a bass and started playing in this like old time jam at at Doyle's? Do you know the Doyle's jam at all? Do you know uh, those I've people? never been to it, but I've heard a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like I started going to that jam with with the bass because they never had a bass, and I just fell in love with it. It's like the opposite of the mandolin, which I, I love. I feel like yeah, you really. <laughs> You really have to learn how old time music works to play bass. And people think that it's like simple, you know, but I think it's like super complicated because you have to make decisions about how the tune is structured. It's a lot of philosophical decisions. Yeah, know? yeah, and, totally. And there's pressure on you. Yeah, yeah. There, there's well, I mean, people get mad. People <laughs> people will bass. get annoyed if you're not playing the right chords. <laughs> yeah. But also, yeah, it's like it's like I feel like on the bass you really have a pretty huge effect on like how the 
music sounds, how the jam comes off, how the yeah. jam is like going, you know? It's like right. you have a huge effect on the groove, um, which is like a fun role to be in, you know? It's, uh, yeah, super fun. Yeah. Kind of more fun than playing mandolin in like a big jam. Like I love playing old time tunes on mandolin. Yeah. I love it, I love it. And I like playing it in jams too, but like when you're on the bass, it's like you really, you're like a huge factor. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, like, like yes. you're like a very important participant. Not yeah. that like it's like all about that person, but you know, I just, I just enjoy that role, yeah, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, I feel similarly about playing a piano in all-time jams. Every once in a while when there's a piano, but I don't know if everyone else appreciates <laughs> yeah. when I do it. That can be a controversial subject. Yeah. <laughs> all-time piano, it's a thing. I'm an advocate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, which uh, of these D-tunes do you want to start with? Um, let's do, let's start with the folding down the sheets. Great. Let's do that one, yeah. Is this like a nautical tune? Or like a a uh, oh, man, housekeeping yeah. tune. Yeah, <laughs> like I yeah. Can't tell. I, I think I think it. You know, I I couldn't tell you much about. I just I just Spine. know this from playing with folks, and from YouTube. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I always think of yeah someone doing laundry when I hear this tune. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, here we Laundry folding song. Nice, ever. <laughs> yeah. 
As we are surrounded currently by laundry. Yes. <laughs> For those of you watching at home. Hmm. So you are in a band called Twisted Pine. Yes. Which is... Um, has bluegrass in it, yeah. But more and more is, <laughs> uh, departing. Totally, yeah. totally, totally. Yeah. Um, Twisted Pine. Yeah, it's I love playing in that band. It's it's um yeah it's it's kind of hard to to describe what we do um in terms I, of just like a genre thing. I think uh, a good way to describe it is that you made a video that was a mashup of Bill Monroe and Wolfpack. <laughs> Yeah, so there I think you go. That <laughs> That's all you need right yeah. there. <laughs> Tells you all you need to know. Yeah, I mean, we so we started as like a bluegrass band in Boston. We it was a five-piece bluegrass band. We had banjo. We had, we played only bluegrass songs. Did you all go to Berkeley or some of you? Yes, or? yes. So um, I guess at the time we were all going to Berkeley at that time. It was yeah. kind of a different band. We had different members, but yeah, we all met at Berkeley. And Boston, um, partially because of Berkeley, but just in general, there's like this really great root scene. Yeah. There's tons of bluegrass. Yeah, and it goes back, it's not just like, a lot of people think it's like the school, but it goes back decades, you yeah. know? There's like this whole scene here of like um, great folks who've been playing forever and ever and ever. And there's like this really cool scene where you get like all of these music students playing with like these older folks who've been around for a really long time. Yeah. Kind of like, I guess like folk revival people you know and just bluegrassers and old-time musicians and all that and i you know celtic musicians irish scottish musicians um so there's this cool mishmash and and we kind of like started this bluegrass band at that time we were playing a bunch at this bar called the cantab lounge yeah. like bluegrass tuesdays been going going strong there for like 25 six years something like that something ridiculous every tuesday you know um and uh yeah that's kind of how we started um and then at some point, we were like, well, you know, we were having a bunch of fun and, like, playing a ton of gigs, but we were like, well, we wanted to start writing music and start doing our own thing. Um, and so we started doing that, and then, like, the music that we were writing and arranging was just very not bluegrass. That's when, like, all of the other influences came. I don't think any of us, of the people in that band, kind of, like, grew up playing bluegrass in terms of, like, you know, we were, like kids playing it you know like with our families yeah, or like yeah. going to, you know like that wasn't really our story we kind of like discovered it in college and got into it and then like and and we all love it you know but like kind of once the kind of the the desire to kind of be an original band started happening kind of everything else started coming out you know we all come we have pretty varied taste in music um, and interests in music. And so that all of that just started to come out, you know, that's kind of the story with that. And, and, and it's cool. It's like, it's been, it's been, you know, w well received and, and people like what we do, like bluegrassers and non-bluegrassers, um, dig what we do Yeah, from what I've <laughs> experienced. Yeah, so. <laughs> that's key <laughs> to be able to yeah. get both sides. On, yeah. Yeah. On yeah totally. Totally. So yeah. yeah, that's, 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 it's great. Yeah. And, um, y'all had, uh, a more traditional bluegrass, um, instrumentation, but I think, uh, recently a flautist. Yeah. yeah. Well, we've been, so we, we were playing 
um, we were playing with this flautist um, named Anne Fung. Do you know her? No. She she lives in Toronto. She's freaking fabulous. She's such a great, great musician and like a really, really deep um, trad musician too. Um, so she was in this great band called the Bombadils. That's how I met her. Good name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they, they kind of, they played, um, you know, this really beautiful, like, kind of very instrumental but had lots of like songs to um kind of form a folk it was very just beautifully arranged and written and kind of this really cool thing um and um and she's kind of has this whole big experience with like swedish music and like you know all kinds of like irish music um, bluegrass music. She's a big fan of bluegrass music. I've, I've, I've heard her play tons of bluegrass on the flute. And it's like, it's kick-ass. But, you know, she's also like um, a savage, you know, jazz flutist player. Like, she can play like tons of stuff. She she, she leads a Jethro Tull cover band. She fronts a Jethro Tull cover band in Toronto. Amazing. Yeah, so we're, we, we, we've actually just started playing with We haven't even actually played a show with her yet a yeah. show <laughs> so um but we're we're playing some shows with her in um over the summer um and we're real excited about that yeah, yeah. i'm really excited to see yeah <laughs> see where that goes yeah yeah very cool <laughs> yeah yeah and, and it's just a part of the evolution you know it's like we're, we're we just kind of go we're not trying to do anything we're just trying to follow yeah. you know kind of what we think is cool and um yeah it's just a cool direction to, to go right on yeah Let's let's go back a little bit. Sure. From, uh, let's play this uh, farewell, Princeton. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is a great. So I I love Clyde Davenport. I'm not like a huge um, source recording guy. Like I mean, yeah. I, I I I dig it. I love it when people. I I like record. I like listening to source recordings, but I'm not like an expert at all. I'm not, like, heavy and into it. Not compared to some of the, like, deepest of all-time nerds. Yes, yeah, like, yes, absolutely. I'm, I'm similar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a route you could go, and... Yeah. But I just, you know, there's only so many. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but this, but I do love this fiddler, particular fiddle player, Clyde Davenport. I listen to a ton of his stuff. Yeah. Um, love him. Uh, and uh, this is just one of his tunes called Farewell Princeton.
<laughs> well, I like that. Yeah. I don't really want Clyde to hear it. <laughs> it's still holding out that it'll be on the show. But I, that's how I like to play it. <laughs> Shoot. Uh, that's probably one of the first Crooked tunes I ever learned um, oh, from, cool. from Bach. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, it was after my first time going to Clifftop, and he was coming through town, and uh, and he taught me that. And it just that one extra beat... Oh, yeah. Or two extra beats or whatever. It just, like, really threw me off. I could not figure <laughs> it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like no, I know I know ago. exactly what you mean. And, yeah. then, and then it clicks, and you're just like, wow, this is such a beautiful melody. Yeah. And it makes so much sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, had, I mean, I, I learned um, Five Miles to Town before, before I learned yeah, that yeah. one. And it was the same thing. I was like, yeah. I was, like, trying to count it. I was like, wait, what? How many? How do you? How would you count this? You know, that's just like not the way to, <laughs> not the way to absorb it. Yeah. Yeah, Kentuckians must have cool brains. Yeah, <laughs> cool brains and those fiddlers. <laughs> uh, yeah. What's that tune? Um, I think it's called Blackfoot. Have you heard that? Oh man, I think I that's what it's called. It's a Clyde tune. Oh, cool. Uh, and uh, I've. Um, attempted to do it on the show before. <laughs> I will not say where it is, but there is a recording of me trying to play it uh. and thoroughly embarrassing myself. <laughs> yeah, this is a this is one heck of a kind of a concept for a show that you that you do. I I, I, I dig I well. dig it very much. Just kind of like traveling around, finding musicians, and then like forcing yourself to. Uh, play with them that's awesome <laughs> yeah anyone who wants to develop their ear i would recommend starting a podcast <laughs> yeah. so. so we've covered twisted pine um oh so did you start at berkeley for music then yeah 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 i i mean i um i came as a mandolin player yeah and at Great. the time there were um it was there were just an incredible there was an incredible crop of mandolin players at the school when I when I came. Um, so like Sierra Hull was was a yeah, student there yeah. who's like now just a huge star. Um, tons of like I mean Jacob Jolliffe was was there when I was there. Dominic yeah. Leslie. Um, I I entered in um, at the same year I, I believe it was the same year as as Maddie Whitler, mm. who's amazing mandolin player plays with them. Um, Lonely Heartstring Band. Was uh, that like inspiring or was it like soul crushing? Oh my gosh, it was it was it was alternating between both. Yeah, yeah. You know, you would you would go and and see, um, you know, like like they had Berkeley has these these like kind of roots shows, so it's yeah. like kind of a roots program curated. So all of this stuff falls under the umbrella of the Berkeley Roots Music Program, sure. which has like expanded a ton since I've been there. It's like much bigger now than than when I was there, but. Um, yeah, they would have these shows where just kind of feature all of these different people, and yeah, it was it was totally inspiring, but also totally like wow, like these people are so ridiculously good, you know, <laughs> um, and, and and still are like like I look at the people who are at Berkeley now, and it's like wow, there's it's it's really incredible, um, and uh, yeah, so it's the faculty's great, like Bruce Molsky's teaching there now, um, just a great 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 resource. Um, when I was there, um, uh, there was an awesome mandolin player, really phenomenal kind of Boston legend, uh, named John McGann, um, who I, I, I studied with really great, great, great teacher. Um, Joe K. Walsh is there. Um, Daryl Anger was teaching there, you know, so yeah, really cool, hmm. really cool scene. So I wanted to ask you, um, 
you've spent so much time studying music and doing music for a living. Um, what, what do you play just for fun? And like, what role does music um, play in a person's life when uh, they have to do it for so many practical reasons? Right. Um, I'm newly sort of doing music full time, so I'm asking for myself. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah. Man, that's a really, that's an interesting question because I think it like, it's a very blurred line. Like, you know, I mean, I, I mean, I think ideally, if you're doing music for a living, like, in order to, like, really, I mean, hopefully, if you're doing music for a living, like, it's all fun, sure, you know, and, sure. and, like, you're enjoying it all, and, like, you get, like, this really fulfillment and pleasure out of it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess, um, for me, uh, like, like, music will, especially now, like, I mean, it's, 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 it's a huge, huge part of my life, as I'm sure it is with you. It's, like, everywhere I go, anywhere I go, hanging out with anybody, like, visiting folks or, like, just, like, like, what would I like to be doing? I'd like to be playing music with folks. It's, like, it's kind of, like, one of the main ways that I kind of connect with people. And it's, yeah. like, one of the main things that I have fun doing. I mean, it's not the only thing, um, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's an important one. And, and I, I need tons of like, um, you know, like kind of locally, I, I play a ton, um, of like gigs that I guess you could say they would be for fun. <laughs> right. You know, um, sure. Like, I'm familiar with that kind of gig. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And, and like, and like I have a great time doing it also like, um, I'm, I also like love playing other instruments. Um, mm. and, and like, that's mostly, out of my own interest and just I have fun doing it you know yeah. like, like playing I mean that's kind of how the bass thing started um, I've been playing a lot of piano recently and oh, I, yeah. I really really um, really oh, love it yeah I think I saw a video of you playing piano for an old time tune or something oh, like a year ago Really? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I was at my parents' house. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, yeah, that was... Uh, I, I never do that, by the way, but oh, that was... Uh, we were playing a tune. Um, we were making a video for a friend of ours. Um, that, that was me and Bach and Rachel. That's um, right. they, they were both playing fiddle, and for some reason, I I, I jumped on the piano. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I don't do a ton of that, but, but I do like... I mean, and, and recently, even just piano in general is like pretty new i'm like not like super uh great at it you know but but, but I'm, that's, I'm enjoying learning fun. yeah yeah, yeah exactly. totally totally yeah. It, it, it's like a thing that i can get playing the piano that like you can't get playing the mandolin or yeah totally. or you know playing other instruments um yeah so hmm. um but i mean i don't know i guess to answer your question like how do you or what was your question it was how do you do it for fun or yeah how do you like uh, w do music for work and and keep it fun. Yeah, and like not hate music. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that I think that it's you know you have to. Um, I think being selective, you know, is is. is I mean, I, I that was something that I had to find out. I mean, because like so, for example, I I do. Um, I also do a lot of like recording and, and engineering stuff. Oh, great. You know, and and like for a while I was. That's actually what I went. What my major at Berkeley was. So I was playing a ton yeah. of music, um, playing a ton of mandolin. But um, 
I was like taking all these classes that had to do with audio engineering, right? And I, I was like an intern at a recording studio and like for for uh, for a second there it really I really thought that like that's like was going to be like what I was going to do after yeah. I graduated was like going to dive deep into that. But what I found was that I didn't love it in the same way that I love playing, you know? Like mm. I mean, I I I enjoyed it and there, there were times when I like, you know, I I enjoyed I definitely enjoyed like many aspects of it, but it wasn't like I didn't get the same fulfillment out of it, I guess. And um so so I I kind of said, you know, I I like quit that internship and it was it was an unpaid internship anyway. It was like a horrible thing. <laughs> And, uh, and, and, and like now, I mean, I still do it, but I only, I'm very selective. Like I, like I do recording projects for like stuff that like I really, for friends of mine and, and for people that like, where I really, really dig their music. And it's not a ton, it's maybe a few a year yeah. of like doing these like recording projects. Um, you know, like I, um, and, and it's always with friends who, yeah. who, who are like in the same kind of acoustic music sphere as as i am and it's all stuff that like i'm like i really dig the music yeah, you'd you know? want to be listening to it anyway yes totally it's, it's it's stuff where i'm like really stoked to be a part of the project you know yeah. it's stuff that like i think is like really good um so yeah i think that like you you know and like whereas if i had if i were trying to do it full time and just like you know trying to eke out a living doing just that i feel like it would be more soul crushing it would be harder <laughs> You know, because you wouldn't be, um, you know, you wouldn't, it wouldn't all be stuff that like you like were yeah. like really invested in and like really are, are into. And, you know, and I guess the same thing would, would apply to like as a musician, you know, like, like, yeah. you know, if, if you are more selective about and, and like working on projects and things that like you just, you're, you're super into, like right. you're going to be making better stuff and you're, it's going to keep you interested and, and it's cool too because like you also jump around. I find that like when you're when you're always following what you want to be doing, you get a big variety of yeah. things, right? Right. It, it's not all just like one thing where you kind of get burnout, you know? Because that that, that to can totally happen, you know? Like you can get burned out on, you know, like doing one thing, like I'm like playing the same songs over and over again, or like you know, like totally. being on being on tour, you you can burn out on that, you know? But like if you kind of are constantly, you know, I mean, I, I feel like you got a cool thing with this podcast and like kind of like playing shows and like kind of doing, a, you know, you have like these different, a, a big variety of things. Yeah, it seems like what you're saying is good, having good boundaries. Yes. And having good boundaries is easier when you do a variety of, of things. Yeah. And interact with music in a variety of ways. Because if you were just recording, you would have to uh, record things you didn't want to record. And if maybe if you were just playing... <laughs> Yeah. You would have to play things you didn't want to play. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Cool. That's helpful. Thank you. I, yeah. <laughs> what that's worth. Uh. No, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, uh, you know, I feel like sometimes this system that we're, that we're hustling in is um, designed to, um, it's like a emotion vampire or something. It's like feeding off of your, like, Oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, it's totally stacked so against us. <laughs> I want to like, yeah, talk to people who are happy and creative, and it's like, how are you doing this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, mm. and it's you know, it's always, yeah. it's always a process. You know, you're always learning and figuring it out mm. as you do it. Yeah. Well, let's play this uh, really wacky Norman Blake tune. Um, oh yes. What's, what's this called again? 
This is a, a tune called Coming Down from Rising Fawn, which I, I discovered Rising Fawn is like a town. I was going to say, is that like a drug? Or yeah, something? yeah, right. <laughs> it's like a town um, okay. uh, where he lives, I believe, or, or used to live or something like that. And uh, it's, um, it's a tune by Norman Blake, and he recorded a couple times. Um, I, I believe the first time was as like a was in like a band setting where he he played guitar and James Bryan who's another fiddler that like I love 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 James Bryan um James Bryan was playing with Norman Blake and Nancy um Blake his wife was playing cello um kind of company and it's, oh, it's cool. like this really cool like that they, they had an album called the Rising Fawn String Ensemble where they did I mean I, again it's like I, I wouldn't really call it bluegrass but I wouldn't call it old time either. It was just kind of this 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 thing that they were doing. It was it was very it, it's very different. I haven't I haven't ever really ever heard anything quite like what they were doing. Ooh, check that out. That sounds yeah, cool. It's it's a very yeah. cool record. Um, and uh, they they do a lot of traditional tunes. Norman sings them. So I mean, Norman's whole career was kind of like kind of a little bit of that in between thing of like mm. he was a songwriter, but he was also amazing instrumentalist, and he like. Definitely was sort of a bluegrass player, but he played, you know, kind of, kind of played a ton with like what I would consider kind of like old time musicians and stuff too. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to look into that. Yeah. Yeah. Norman's great. Um, and this is a tune of his coming down from rising fawn. It's a wacky one. So we're going <laughs> to have some fun with this one. So.
Great, man. Yeah, what a journey. <laughs> Good one, Norman. Epic. <laughs> cool. All right, so we have one more tune left, but uh, before we do that, uh, where do people go to buy your things? <laughs> yeah, uh, well, so I guess the main online presence is Twisted Pine. So we've got a website, Twisted Pine, shoot, Twisted Pine Band. Dot com, I believe is what it is. Gotcha. Um, and you know, we're, we're all over the place. We're on Facebook and Instagram, so you can give us a like or a follow yeah. on the socials. We always appreciate that. Um, yeah, and we're we're kind of got uh, we're we're playing all over. We've got our our summer schedule is shaping up, and um, you can check it out online. We'll, we'll be kind of all over the place. Really looking forward to a summer of playing out there. Y'all got awesome music videos that people should check out. <laughs> thank you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Sure. The the um, YouTube. Check us out yeah. on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah we've got a mixture we got... of like produced ones and then just like somewhat candid ones that are also really entertaining to watch. So everyone should go check those out. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Well, thanks so much for being on the show, Dan. <laughs> My pleasure, man. Thanks so much for having me, Cameron. This has been super fun. Fun to like think about what I would play with you because <laughs> I had to put some, you know, I had to be like, Oh shoot. Well, what am I going to do? Cause I don't really know what I do. <laughs> <sighs> glad. Yeah. Glad we figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, for this last tune, we're going to do a, a Bach buoy original. Oh yes. This is, this is, I love playing this tune. Um, yeah. Bach wrote it. Um, it's part of his, his series of, of gifts for friends. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So he's um, written a handful of tunes for uh, other, I think mostly fiddlers, as far as I know. But yeah, um, yeah. And uh, this is a yeah, it's a tune that we have in common. So yeah, <laughs> this one's uh, the one for Alex Kramer that I think he wrote after Alex was on my show and said, "Come on, old paint, let's get up." What 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 it, exactly is it called? I believe it's "Come on, old paint." Let's get on up that hill. Great. I believe that's the <laughs> correct wording. Great. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, let me see. Yeah.
Twisted Pine is on the road a lot, so go check out their tour schedule at twistedpineband.com. If you're listening to this episode when it came out, I'll highlight a few of their upcoming shows for you real quick. They're playing in Wellfleet, Massachusetts on May 31st, Preston, Connecticut, and Barnstable, Massachusetts on June 1st, Wellfleet, Massachusetts again on June 2nd, the Philadelphia Museum of Art on June 7th, Cambridge, Massachusetts on June 21st, Northampton, Massachusetts on June 22nd, and Reno, Nevada, wildcard there on July 7th. After that, they're mostly playing around the Northeast, but they will be down for IBMA in September, so go say hi. While you wait for them to show up to your town, you should listen to their self-titled album and their EP from last year, Dreams. And don't forget to follow them on social media so you'll be the first to hear about their new projects and shows. You can find links to everything I just mentioned in this episode's show notes on your podcast app. You can support Get Up in the Cool on Patreon and get many hours of exclusive bonus content. Just follow the link in this episode's show notes or Google Get Up in the Cool Patreon. And if you want to hang out with me twice a week, I have another podcast called Think Outside the Box Set. You can find that wherever you get your podcasts or boxset.website. That's all for now, friends. Thanks for listening. Come back same time next week to Get Up in the Cool.